Welcome to the Why God Why podcast. I am here with our remarkable producer, Nate. We are in a new room with the illustrious co-host, Aaron Mercer. <laughs> wow. This is new space, new room. I, I do have to come up with a new title for you. Yeah, you know, uh, that's okay. I mean, illustrious, that, that works, I guess. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, if you're watching um, on YouTube, then you can tell we have a different background right now than normal. But um, our wonderful producer, Nathan Yoder, has moved us over and he's upgrading us. Yes, there <laughs> way. That's right. Well, well played. Well played. So I will tell you this. Uh, we are brought to you by Browncroft Community Church. We exist to respond to the questions that you don't feel comfortable asking in church. And today we have a special guest. We have a new staff person. She's going to be introducing herself. She's Amanda Bundy from the great city, the all-America city of mm. Buffalo. Mm -hmm. And the question she's answering is, why is friendship so challenging? Aaron, what do you think? No, I'm, first of all, glad that you're on staff with us now, Thank man. And um, it's a blessing to have you as part of the Browncroft team. And uh, really glad that we get to sit down and have a podcast interview with you too. And this question is, of course, a great question. I'm looking forward to having this little, you know, kind of like a coffee conversation it's fun yeah. so coffee yeah. talk with Aaron yeah. <laughs> we're just missing the coffee I need my caramel yeah macchiato. wait a second Nate come on you gotta get on that Nate that's good uh, nice coffee um, yeah no but this is great but Amanda so I mean you know we've had a chance to talk a little bit as you've come on to on the staff here and um actually got to meet you last summer which was cool back yeah. in in uh in Buffalo but maybe for our listeners can you give a little bit of background on you know, how you got to Browncroft, how you got to where you are right now. Maybe also maybe a little bit of what you do here at the church. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I love telling the story because it's a lot of cool ways that God has worked. So um, went to school to be an elementary education teacher, um, but always wanted to work in vocational ministry. And so I taught fourth grade for eight years. And every time I'd get my contract, I would just ask God the renewal contract at the end of the year, like, Lord, I really want to work at a church can you please provide this? And if not, I will faithfully serve you at the school. And I did, and I loved it more and more every year, teaching um, at St. Peter's um, in Sanborn, New York. And um, interestingly enough, um, after when COVID hit, I got a message from a couple leaders in my church and they said, hey, you know, you switched out of the worship team. You're like trying to figure out where to serve. We just wanna know how that's going for you and where you're at uh, ministry-wise. And my friends are like, knowing my prayers said, they're going to offer you a job. I'm like, no, they're not. They're not going to offer me a job. And they offered me a job. <laughs> and um, just with how faithfully I've served, they wanted me as their volunteer coordinator. And so um, just loved doing that and working for with those people that I knew and loved and being on mission with them. Um, and then that was in July of 2020. And then I started. And in November of 2020, as I was on this dating app, I met a guy named Nick D'Angelo and uh, things went really well to the point where now I'm engaged and moved to Rochester <laughs> and working in his church that he's been going to since he was four. So um, that's how it all panned out because, you know, when we were getting serious, I, you know, I said, I don't know where I'm going to work. It feels like a black hole. Um, I said, can you just ask if they're hiring at Browncroft? And you guys were. So um, now I am a groups coordinator for the student ministry here. Um, I help lead the leaders and equip them, encourage them for what they're doing. And I also help with the young adult ministry to see how we can grow and help that develop. That's so, awesome. Yeah. 
So the three of us have something in common. Oh. We have all moved to our spouse's hometown. Really? <laughs> or to be significant other, I should say. Right soon now. to be your spouse. Oh. Soon yeah, to be soon spouse. to be. May 14th. So um, I was dating Robin in Philadelphia, and I moved to Rochester. Now, my wife is very kind, but her famous last words were, somebody's moving and it's not me. Oh. Um, <laughs> Aaron, is that what Nick said too? Or oh, no? he was just like, I, yeah, I can't do this. Like he just, <laughs> his roots were just so deep. And I always was open-handed with where I would live. You know, I just really was surrendered to God in that. Not that Nick was, and Nick was knew what God was calling him to. But for me, it was, God, I'll go wherever you want me to go. And good thing my heart was in that place because that's what he had planned. So, And, and Aaron, and, you, and, you were kind of 50-50 with it. Well, well, like, well we had, we spent, uh, we, we were down in the Washington DC area for a while, mm. but uh, it was it was time to come back come back north. So we're thankful we're here. So, so I promise I'm going somewhere with this. <laughs> so instead of kind of backing up with your history, what's been the best and hardest thing mm. about moving to a new city with a significant other mm. and trying to build new relationships? Mm. Great question. Um, I honestly think. It's just the complexity of everything that's new to me. So um, I never really dated anyone seriously before Nick. Um, there was like little relationships here and there that you know started well and then fizzled out. Um, so the fact that I'm in a very serious relationship that's leading towards marriage, I am wedding planning. I've moved somewhere new, um, trying to figure out an apartment of where to live. Um, started a new job in a church, which we all know is very involved. There's so many things that that you can do the list is never ending of how to help people and support people um and then getting to know those people first and foremost and being in a different kind of ministry you know i was in a taught fourth grade knew my element there i was in volunteer coordination at the chapel which was just so broad and it was guest engagement i kind of knew how to service would work it was mainly sunday mornings but now i'm back in student ministry uh i served in student ministry at my first church so it, that change is is um something to adjust to as well. So I think it's, and I'm so busy that it's hard to be building new friendships. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but the good thing is, is that I've been through this before and I kind of know how this works of building new friendships. And the other aspect of it too, is that Nick has um, got a wonderful community of people here because his roots are so deep here and his people have become my people. And I'm just really enjoying getting to know everyone here and building those friendships with them. You know, I was going to ask you about that because um, in my story, uh, I moved here and <clears throat> I have really great friends. So mm -hmm. listeners hear this. My wife is part of a great small group. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, my best friend, you're actually staying at his house, my yep. keys. So beautiful house. Um, but I think what I struggled with was. I was just leaving Phoenixville mm. when I felt like I had the best friends in the world. Mm. And I I just, so it's funny, my wife, I'm, um, hopefully my friend's not listening to this because I think it's a surprise party, but <laughs> like between Easter, like between Good Friday and Easter, I'm driving down to Pennsylvania to visit my friend for his birthday. Nice. And my wife's like, you like really miss them. And mm. I love Browncroft. Mm -hmm. I love... The people here and i've but i think it was really hard for me to once you have those deep relationships to move to a new place mm -hmm. it just takes a lot of work i don't know does that resonate with oh, you or 
Absolutely. And I think because I'm in such a busy season, I haven't had time to sit in that loss of mm. not being so close with my friends because uh, my best friend Rachel and I, we used to see each other once a month and it was just like a full day affair. And then, you know, with my friends who like Heather, Dana, Melanie, Nicole, we all had this small, closely knit community group that we would just every week we would be asking each other every day how is things going you know what follow what's the follow-up with that situation praying for each other and i they were such godly friends that they because i was going back after like once i moved here i said i'll keep coming back to our meetings like i'll still be in community group and i was exhausted doing that um buffalo's not that far away but with everything else it can get taxing and they lovingly said to me i think i think you need to build your roots in buff in rochester mm. i think you need to start and that to me was just the biggest thing because it freed me to mm. make the choice i knew in my heart i needed to make but also showed me that what godly mature friends i have to let me go so um, I think that will hit me soon once like wedding planning is over <laughs> and like, we get settled and be like, I really miss my friends, but we do stay connected really well, which is good. So you're one of the reasons people come to church is not the main reason. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of in this with our young adults mm -hmm. is there's somewhere down the list. There's, I want to find my tribe oh, yeah. and my community, whether it's my small group what do you think is the biggest misconception that you see with people as you help them find their place, find their tribe? Mm, wow, that's a great question. Um, I think a lot of people think it will come to them naturally without any effort from them. I think that they expect people to approach them and be friends with them, like to initiate that. And the reality is that we kind of have to seek after what we want. So um, I know for me, when I moved out of my parents' house at 25 and I started, I moved to um, Kenmore, which is a suburb of Buffalo and started going to the chapel. And I was seeking deep friendships, godly friendships, people who love Jesus, was on fire for him and would, um, challenge me in my faith and call out the sin in me or like just make me a better follower of Christ. And I was like, surely this has to be at the chapel. This church is huge. And I did find it. Um, but I had to put myself out there to say, I am going to go to the women's Bible study where I know no one. I am going to ask the singles group where it's supposed to be for thirties, but I was only 26. I'm going to ask like, Hey, can I come anyway? And, um, I had to put myself out there and say, okay, God, this is what I want. And I'm going to go after it. But a lot of people don't do that. They think that's just going to come naturally. And you have to put the effort in and mm -hmm. put yourself out there, which is hard. I'm an extrovert. So that was like, I was nervous about that. But I know for introverts, it's like crippling for them to think of going somewhere where they don't know anyone. Um, so that's what I would say is just a misunderstanding when it comes to seeking out friendships and especially in a, as a young adult too. Mm. It's a, <clears throat> I think that this is a, a fascinating conversation um and i know the you know the subject of why is why can friendship be challenging mm -hmm. i think i probably said that the wrong way peter i'm sorry but <laughs> but uh yeah i know this conversation i think it's timely too mm -hmm. um you know you're moving because you moved because of a um relationship and and also a job change but really mm -hmm. you know the relationship is what we right, know yeah but um <laughs> and we talked about that but there's people who have been you know, in recent 
at any time they would recently be going moving places for jobs mm-hmm. um but i think even in after you know we've we're we're, we're taping this in march uh two years after this pandemic started mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people i think oh, there's been a lot of friendships that have changed in that time just by people being you know having to change how how they interact with people just mm-hmm. by necessity mm-hmm. um so i think it's a it's really interesting but you know you were talking just now about having to build build new friendships in your new context mm-hmm. um having to get out there and and just make that a a priority and do that but i'm curious you know why you said you're an extrovert but but Mm -hmm. why is it important to do that like why why can't um you know there there is work there and there's also kind of uh, making yourself vulnerable but what Mm -hmm. so why would you say it's so important that people be taking that step in the first place is that Mm. really helpful to them or should they just buckle down and put their mind into their work Mm, that's yeah that's great too um I think that a lot of people, especially even in me with this busy season, I could live life independently, easily, or so I think. Under the surface, there's so many other things going on. There's so many struggles we face. Um, Having only our own narrative in our minds is not really healthy. Um, And especially coming out of COVID, where it's easy to just be glued to your phone or secluded in your house or not go to those social events. Um, it's, it's almost like you're living on this Island and, um, people miss out on spiritual growth and, um, opportunities to come out of emotional or mental health. And, um, and that's not belittling people who actually need help. This is someone who's like, I've just, it's just struggles to get involved. Um, I think that there's a lot of growth and health and healing that can happen in community and especially one where if you're patient enough to seek out the healthy ones it's it's life-changing it's absolutely life-changing um yeah what about someone who's i mean you know what would you say to i'm just trying to you know think of different scenarios here Mm -hmm. but someone who might think you know what i did i did miss some friends during the pandemic period Mm. but in some ways, maybe it was a relief in terms of not having to. Sometimes, sometimes friendships can get messy. I mean, what do you what oh. What do you think about how I, you know, there is a there is a level of work that needs to be put in there. What you know, what would you say to those people? Oh yeah, friendship is is work. It is, and it comes with the desire and the need and expectation to be willing to forgive and have those confrontations and conflict and conversations for reconciliation. I mean, we are all imperfect people. We are all gonna make mistakes. We're all gonna say things we shouldn't say. Um, We're all gonna have these ugly sides of us that we just get angry when we shouldn't or we say something unfiltered. And the reality is that being in in a friendship with someone who will walk with with you even in those ugly times is huge because then they can say, hey, you really hurt my feelings or what did you actually mean by that when you said that? Or I'm really lonely right now and it feels like you're we're not hanging out as much as I would like. Th- those kinds of things, um, it just helps a person to think outside of themselves and to be selfless and just have that companion to walk through life with. It's going to be hard. 
it's going to be hard. And I think knowing that ahead of time, because a lot of people, I think, like walk into friendships, be like, oh, I just want someone to like text all the time or like have like those Instagram posts where we like just go to these really cool spots. And it's like, for me, I want something so much deeper than that. I wanted, I didn't want a surface level friendship. I wanted those people who like, I looked at them and said, I want to be like them as a Christian. I want to live the way that they live. I want to study the Bible. I'm going to pray the way that they do. I'm going to serve the way that they do. Um, I'm going to host the way that they do. Mm. Um, and so I think if, I think if people had the same expectations going into friendship, it can foster this beautiful development as a person. Well, and I love where you two are going kind of with this conversation, because mm -hmm. I think the assumption is, well, you know, you're a Christian podcast and, you know, well, I think most people want friends, but they don't necessarily see the value of it. Mm. You know, I just, as you were talking, one of my favorite articles to share with people, because um, I, I think some of the men in our audience are like, well, Amanda's a woman, of course she needs friends. And I think that's a stereotype, but mm. Billy Baker from the Boston Globe wrote this article, the biggest threat facing men is not obesity, it's not smoking, it's loneliness. Mm. And I actually think this is somewhere where men and women kind of connect in some ways mm -hmm. it's you know you're in your 20s and you have this unrealistic expectation whether i'm going to date myself here whether you watch the friends sitcom how i met your mother how i met your father now <laughs> i'm back in um where like <clears throat> we talk about that romantically the mm -hmm. unrealistic expectations but i don't know people that go to the bar every night mm -hmm. you know so i'm just kind of using that as christian and then in your 30s you get married and it's not like, you know, the Friends movie or the Friends TV show ended when they're there. So what does friendship look like in your 30s? Mm. You get to your 40s where your kids are in high school potentially. Um, and then you get to your 50s. And I think that that's what this article is talking about. Mm. It's, you know, and I think that's what you're pointing out is you get to this point in life and you now have this time or you now have needs and you realize you know, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, not having these relationships in your life is significantly hindering those. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I actually would like, so when I really committed my life to the Lord, when I was 17, I would sit, be writing my paper in college and um, watching the friends show and thinking, I just want friends like that. I just want people that like know me and we just hang out all the time. And they just like walk into my room in my house and just, we hang out. And it was it was that community aspect that like someone is walking with you through life. Like they know the things that are going on in your life and, and just that person that you can always go to and talk to. Um, but if we get too busy with the things that we're doing in our lives and put that ahead of friendship, instead of like walking with someone through that, we miss out on that later on in life and, and look back and say, I have no one. I have absolutely no one. So, hmm. so, uh, so let's, let's talk about this. Mm -hmm. I, I think, would all of us acknowledge that the most awkward part of friendship is the moment you meet someone and then the process where it's like your best friends mm. or we'll just say friend mm -hmm. like we won't even put that pressure sure so in your life that awkward middle where you throw yourself out there i'm not even going to compare it to dating but <laughs> you know like what does that look like you know, because I think that that's the question that people have. This mm -hmm. is why it's so challenging. Mm -hmm. You know, how do I put myself out there? You know, how do I be friends with someone? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, this is great. So <laughs> I feel like I've been through the gamut of different things. So when in 2013, I was a camp counselor and I met this girl named Cammie and we 
instantly hit it off. Like I knew this girl was me, my like a close friend for life. And still this day, it's true. Um, so I've been, have had that experience, but it's rare. It's only happened once. Um, and then even with my friend, Rachel, I met her around the same time, but it was a very slow development of how we became friends. Um, it took like a couple years actually. Um, and it was like this, like, what, what are we like? Is it like, are we, you, you want to easily put and fastly put like a label on it. And I think I did that in my de most desperate time for friends. I did that too quickly instead of actually like being patient with it and open-handed with it and slowly getting to know someone and just saying like, I desperately want a friend. I want a best friend. I want my companion. I want my person that I text all the time, but to say, I'm going to just see how this goes. And it really, it's funny you mentioned dating. Cause as I was like thinking through this podcast, we'd be having, I was like, this sounds like so much like dating. I mean, it really <laughs> is. You got to just like almost like date your friends. And interestingly enough, I love telling the story. So my friend, Dana, who's now going to be my wedding, um, she saw me from the worship team at the chapel. And she's like, this girl has like so much joy. She's like, loves the Lord. Like, I want to get to know this girl. And she sought me out to be friends with me. Like, asked her my number from a mutual friend, said, can we meet for Panera? I thought she was nuts. I'm like, this girl's got to have an ulterior motive. And she didn't. She just saw my heart for the Lord and said, that's the kind of person I want to be friends with. And so I think it's this, it can be really awkward and you could, like I said, you want to slap a label on it right away and say, this is my friend. But if we can be open-handed and patient with it, things will go a lot smoother, mm. a lot smoother. What have you, what have you, as you've been, you know, making new friends, whether it's in the past when mm -hmm. you were, or it's uh, now yeah. when you're uh, developing new friendships, mm -hmm. what do you feel like you learn about yourself through that process? Like, do you see different elements of yourself when you're in a new context? And on the flip side, um, I'd act, you know, just an add-on question there, and you can answer however you want. That's sure. the beauty of having multiple-part <laughs> questions. Um, you know, you're in a different context with your previous friends. Who you mentioned yeah. um, the women that you had got to know real well and you were a small group with. And, yep. Um, it's a new context. You're still friends. Mm -hmm. You're. I mean, oh, you, totally. you're. I'm sure you would. You know, if one of them their car broke down on the highway, you'd probably get out there and get out to Buffalo right. and go help them. But yep. so, but what, what, uh, what are you learning about yourself through that change of context with the previous friends also? Mm. Wow. Um, I think that I'll speak to definitely the past. Um, and I hope I don't sound like a broken record, but I think I've learned about myself that I like, and, and Nick actually pointed this out to me when we started dating, because I would like mention a couple friendships and he's like, wow, you really like mutual investment. I'm like, what? And he said, you, you want to be pe friends with people who give the same amount of effort to you as you give to them. I was like, oh, wow, that is so true. I just, I didn't realize it. So I, and so that through this process of like, flip friendships that have ebbed and flowed and, you know, are not as strong as they used to be. Um, I want people to love me and support me and encourage me just as much as I'm doing for them because I'm an all in person. Like I give everything to everything I do. And that sometimes makes me feel like I'm going to break down any moment, but, um, I've learned that I want that and I want something deeper and I will not be the friend who just listens. I will listen. I will give that time when they're hurting for sure. But for some to, someone to repetitively be in a bad spot 
and not seek growth or how do I change or be open-handed with how God wants to work, I'll not be the friend that just says, it's okay. You can just stay right where you're at because I care about them too much. Like I, um, a friend recently was talking to me about something and I said, I know you want to hear from me that it's okay what you're doing, but I love you too much to say that. Like, I'm going to tell you that you shouldn't be doing this, but it's okay. And we're going to, and if you want my help in this, you can, we can walk through that together. So, um, cause that's what I'd want from in return. I'd want that too, to say, mm. don't just tell me something because you're thinking to hurt my feelings. Like, like the Bible says, the, the wounds of a friend are faithful. Like I would rather be hurt by my friend than hurt by a stranger mm. because I know that they have my best interest in mind. I'm blanking because I think we talked about this in the. Do, do you know your Enneagram number? Oh yeah, I'm a one actually. Oh so, wow. Yeah. So, I is that, I, is that surprise? No, I actually no, I'm actually surprised that I actually know what that means now. So, <laughs> so Peter, Peter, there's a long-standing thing here. Peter, yeah. Peter for, has been had been pushing me to figure out my Enneagram for a long time. I was time. inviting you to inviting right. right. Yeah. You're not supposed to type people, but he was sort of typing me. It's hard not um, to. It's hard not to. And then he had me. We actually had a guest on here not too long ago, and I had I you know. Oh, I listened I to it. I was the Enneagram skeptic. <laughs> and I, I still am a little skeptical, but, you know, I think there are, I've learned a lot through that process. So you, thank you. Can you tell your li tell our listeners where you think well, you might I have Well, I think, like? you know, uh, I think Brian said that you should try on something for a little while. I think that the six mm. seems to fit pretty well. Mm. But uh, again, you know, I don't want to, maybe it's because I am a six. I don't want to be put in a box. That, so that's um, fine. I'm a little skeptical still. But. <laughs> I know what one means now. That's yes, the... yes. So no, it, it's just interesting. But maybe you should tell it for our listeners who didn't listen to I, the other. You know, this is why we're great co-hosts well, together. You go. So, so like a one. Um, mm -hmm. I love the term reformer. Mm -hmm. um, I uh, improver. You mm -hmm. know, sometimes they're called the perfectionist. Yeah, I was like but... it's way better than perfectionist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I think what you're saying is you're looking for people in a relationship that are gonna empower and encourage you to go towards improvement and yep. betterment absolutely so yeah so what happens if you don't have a friend like that mm. um interesting so interesting i think i kind of put it in its right spot because I want to be like, I don't know where this came from, but it's those concentric circles of like, you know, you want your closest friends in your inner core. And then like you have less connection or time or like depth with the people outside the circles and it just gets less and less from there. So I think I, because I care about what I do with my time and because I'm all in with what I do, I think I, I try to assess and discern in a loving way, of course, where that friendship would lie. Mm. How does that, how does that friendship come into play mm. in my time? Because if we try to be all things to all people all the time, we're going to get run down. But if I can be, if I can have a shared expectation of where that friendship lies and it works for the both of us, that's great. And the reality is, the sad reality is that if someone's expecting more out of you than you're not willing to give back, it's going to it's probably going to fizzle out and be in a different spot, which is just unfortunate at that point. But but I think what I'm hearing from you is like you're willing to give 80 percent mm. if someone's willing to give 80 percent and mm -hmm. maybe percentages. Of the, like you're willing to go 10 steps if someone's willing to go 10 steps. Yeah. 
But what about the person that goes four steps, but to them that feels like 10 steps towards you? Yeah. So in my head, I would change the expectation of what that friendship looks like. It's not like this person's going to be my bestie. It's not that this person is going to maybe know everything about my life and I'm going to, you know, divulge all this information to them and then expect to get like help and support and encouragement from them back. It's more so that I'm stepping into that saying, I would love to help them walk with them through life and help them, you know, grow in their faith or um, just be someone to hang out with. Or like if we're going to like young adults are going to radio social this Friday, like come on and hang out with us there. So um, just assessing it for where it is so that I can actually give, I can give a hundred percent and be authentic in that friendship rather than just kind of piecing out and saying, you know, I'm not going to be involved in this because I'm not getting what I want in return. So how do you know, because I think we're talking a little bit about chemistry and mm. you shared one friend you knew really like instantly. Totally. Another friend it took years. Like at what point do you say, I like you, you know, you're a great person, mm. but we're probably not going to be friends. Mm. Like how do you kind of differentiate and make those decisions? I think that if it, comes to the point where things just aren't clicking and there's confrontation or you're consistently being misunderstood or um, it just seems like one is more dominant than the other. Things have to go their way and not yours. And there's no um, compromise or conversation, healthy conversation. I think you just have that conversation to say, you know, maybe we should step back from this. Maybe we should you know, take some time. Um, and I've been through that before. I had a conversation with someone and it just didn't go we just, I knew we had different expectations for what the friendship should be. And it was very difficult, mm. very difficult. But I think that I, if I were to at all change what I was going to give out of a friendship, I'd be changing who I was as a person. So it's interesting that you bring up the Enneagram because I, I'm someone who sees the best and everyone like I see their potential I'm like oh man I know if you just change this one thing you can get here and that gets me into trouble sometimes because I can easily I've learned this over the years like I can want to fix people and like give advice too quickly instead of taking that time to listen but I am gonna be the person that says like girl you can go way further than you are going like you can I know you can make this like it'd be their best cheerleader in life um and so I think to just go back to your question to say, you've got to be able and willing to have those tough conversations to say, I think we're just seeing this a little bit differently. But don't you think most people give up right before a friendship's about to blossom or because because mm. that, that's the thing, like it's the hard middle that we're, that's mm -hmm. why this is so challenging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think too, like I actually thought about the fact that I think I was in unhealthy relationships for too long or friendships mm. because of my own lack of maturity and my own desires to be in communicate community with people um like even when i was a little girl like i i just wanted to be affirmed and loved and have community like that'll always be the question that i ask is like am i worthy am i valuable um and i remember like when i really committed my life to the lord it's because i distinctly heard him say to me i'm the love you're looking for um, and so because of that desire to have community and close friendships, I kind of like took what I can get kind of like I took the, you know, um, and I didn't really, 
I think a lot of people, if they're in a better place in maturity and kind of walk into a friendship knowing what they desire and want, I think they can get out like more quickly to say it, you know, unfiltered. But I think some people who are just desiring to be friends with someone, they stay too long. And then it's like, oh, as I'm growing, you're not growing with me. And then it's difficult. Then we've got to have that conversation. So there is that middle. You're right. People will probably like say, oh, this is not a friend I'm going to have forever. And then they kind of disperse. And I don't know if people really handle that really well. I think they could have those conversations and lovingly say like, hey, maybe we should, you know, just like hang out less. I don't know how that would really go. To me, I've done it unhealthy in the past. So, well, basically what you're saying is when you're healthy, it's so much easier to spot things when it's not healthy. Oh yeah. Yes. Um, and I highly recommend this book called Friendish by Kelly Needham. Mm. It is, I've only read one book on friendship and I don't think I need to read any more than that one. It is tremendous. It goes through every healthy and unhealthy aspect of friendship in a godly way. And even whether you're a Christian or not, it still has these values to say, like, just to s- seek out the things that, the blind spots almost that you wouldn't really see. But if you are, like you said, Peter, like if you're in a healthy spot, you're gonna seek out healthy friendships. And I think that's when two people are in different spots spiritually, which, and I'm saying like, there's big gaps, not like little things. That's when like fr- conflict can happen in friendships a lot and it doesn't really work out mm. hmm. uh, so you know you were you even what you were just saying I thought that was interesting um, what are those what are kind of those flashpoints that you would be wary of a friendship versus mm. um, or a de- potentially developing friendship versus a what are what are um, maybe bumps in the road but there's there's still an important relationship there to build like you know i guess i'm 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 thinking about um i I feel like i have friends or i have become friends with people over time that i probably wouldn't have initially like looked for Mm -hmm. um but you know i believe god put along my path and um and uh you know just because if we're different that doesn't necessarily mean that we you know you sharpen each other that way. You right. you uh, help each other. So there's a let, let me help. It. He's talking about our friendship. Well, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, he's, he's like yeah. he's like Peter's really different. Oh. And the more I get to know it, no. it's getting real, guys. It's getting, it's getting real. That would be one example, sure. No, uh, no. But I think uh, I, I, you know, I think that uh, you know, I guess what I'm wondering is where do you see the um, what what are the things that you're spo- you should be looking out for to not mm. move forward versus things that you say, you know, even though this is kind of hard, it doesn't mean it's not good. Mm. Yeah. And I want to say this too. I probably should clarify when I'm speaking about friends, I'm almost thinking about like my inner core mm. of like friends. Um, the people who I go to for problems, prayer requests, um, just the really deep stuff, like they know what's going on in my life. And obviously there's going to be friends, like I talk about the circles, like that are a little more on the outskirts of things. And I have friends there that are definitely different than I am for sure. It's just that they don't, it's not as deep as mm-hmm. the other ones. So, and I think it's very healthy to have that. Like my friend, Rachel, we were, we uh, started being friends at CVS and we would joke all that she's 
um, not a Christian and she would always we have these jokes about like Christianity she would like she'd bring up like dinosaurs are they even real like she would we just have these like crazy jokes about stuff and like conversations I should say and um and we're still friends to this day. Like we would text each other, you know, things have gotten busy, but like, I love spending time with her, um, even though we are so different. But I will say like for those close friendships that you're looking for, um, the things that are kind of like red flags, I would say is like sensitivity without reconciliation. So if someone gets like sensitive about something you say or do, because again, we're all imperfect people, we're gonna say and do things we shouldn't do in a friendship, especially when we get comfortable, we're gonna, you know, be unfiltered again relating it to dating and relationships um if they're not in a place to forgive you for those things and not move forward and talk through those things um it's probably a, re a red flag to say this is not someone that i can you know grow with and be close with um like my best friend rachel and i we've had many conflicts over the years and we are stronger every time we go through one of those and it's not like we're fighting all the time but when something comes up and we talk through it it's gold. And I remember I had a friend in high school where um, I she would hurt me a lot, but I never said anything, mm. ever, never said anything because I didn't feel strong enough in who I was. I didn't have the confidence to do that um, and con confront those my needs and wants in a friendship. And it wasn't until later on, like I started developing in my faith. I started growing in the Lord. And I finally said to her like, I, I really am not gonna be treated like this anymore. It's gotta stop. And we, t we didn't talk for a while. And then after a little bit, she came back and said like, I'm sorry. And we just are cordial now. So it's just good. Hmm. So um, I think it's, it's shared, I'll say the positives. It's shared values, values. It's shared expectations and friendship. It's a safe place to just be yourself mm -hmm. and know that there's gonna be a way to work through those differences and conflict. Um, and you, Again, it's God keeps calling to mind, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Um, and a place where you can be honest and genuine to say, I know this is kind of crazy, but I feel I feel like you hurt me with this statement or whatnot. So if you can't be real with someone, how do you how are you really gonna be close with them and grow if you're not telling them what's going on? So So I so I feel like there's there's probably um people, you know. I think you probably identify very much with what you're you're saying right mm -hmm. now. Um, there might also be some who think, you know what, I, the friends that I have right now are either cordial, but maybe mm -hmm. from a, um, or or maybe they maybe they're the friends like the one in high school you were talking about before the reconciliation. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, someone could be listening and thinking, well, how do I how do I even find a friend like you're talking about who's mm -hmm. um, closer what you know i know you kind of hit on this a little bit at the beginning but what what should someone do to what have you found are helpful ways for people to be at least having their eyes open for something like that mm. um prayer first and foremost pray and i could tear up thinking about it because i remember those times when i was in college watching friends you know wanting those close-knit friends um and I don't know, I think I did pray about it, but it wasn't until years later when I had kind of surface level friendship and I wanted friends with more depth. I remember um, a woman that I knew, she was getting married and my mom said, oh, she, you know, all her bridesmaids are like brand new friends to her because she, you know, really struggled with friendships growing up. And I thought, man, I really don't have that. And I'm, you know, I was 
gosh, probably 20, 20 at that time. I'm like, I'm 20 years old. I don't have like deep, close best friends. Um, and it wasn't until later on when I was really, like I said, when I moved to chapel, I just fervently asked God, would you please provide these like deep godly friendships for me? And just was consistent in that because God wants that, you know, like God doesn't want you to be an island. I may have said that already, Like he wants you to live life with someone and grow. Um, so I would say prayer, I would say knowing, just starting somewhere in your church, especially if you are a Christian, start there. Or if you're not like, you know, see what sports are happening like in your area and you know what what can you get involved with the city or how can you serve your city and your town you know just get go around people who are doing the same things you want to be doing Mm -hmm. so that you are you have some kind of mutual um interest and then you can grow from there with that um actually i i wanted i wondered if if that might come up actually and because i was curious and you've you've had experience mm -hmm. as um you know, you were you were helping with volunteers at the previous church you mm-hmm, worked at, and mm-hmm. um, you were working with with students certainly now, but also young adults. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, like post post college, I think is basically what that is. Mm-hmm. But so, I mean, have you found that that's a good way for people to kind of break the ice and start to get to know people better is by just working alongside each other. It's working meaning like serving in some capacity, yeah. like a you know, going out and doing a. Uh, I mean, a Habitat for Humanity project or something yeah. like that. You know, oh, yeah. like what's your? I'm a big advocate for serving. I think it covers so many ground in as a person and as a Christian as well. You're not only putting yourself out there to do something for a bigger cause than yourself, but you're also igniting the gifts and talents that you have, or seeing what you're not good at, and then working through it to serve mm-hmm. somewhere else. And you're built. You're doing some something with someone side by side with the same mission in mind. And like you don't know who's going to come alongside of you and be right there. It could be a friend. It could be someone you're supposed to encourage, or it could be your future husband or wife. Like you just you don't know. But putting yourself out there, to say I'm going to give of myself mm. to serve the kingdom and serve this purpose. And God's going to bless that. I don't know how, but He's going to bless that for sure. So I think it's actually pretty important because um, there's a book called The Search to Belong by Joseph Myers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if you Google sociology, so like you've talked about circles, and I feel like this is mm-hmm. important for our listeners. So if I was to draw an inner circle, there's mm-hmm. like three people that you can be close with at one time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're not married, it could be a parent, it could be a friend, mm-hmm. but there's three people in there. Mm-hmm. If you go outside of that three people, there's usually like, 12 mm-hmm. um you know that's kind of your friends cast in your life mm-hmm. and then you go out there's another circle which is like the actual acquaintances it's 25 to 50 and then you go out there's another circle like 50 to 100 i think sociologists would say like you have a 250 person span with all of those in your life and i think <laughs> it's important that if any of those are out of sync you know, so let's say you have the three, but you don't have the 12 or the 25. Mm. Well, if something happens to one of those three, you're down. Mm. And then I think most of us know the 50 to the 25, that outer ring. Mm-hmm. If no one's in the inner, then you kind of feel like, do I just have all surface level friendships? Mm. And so, you know, the reason I'm kind of talking about this, and I love where you're going question wise, yeah. Aaron, is, you know, we get downed about the church all the time. You know, but the funny thing about church is 
it's probably one of the only environments when you can hit all three yeah. <laughs> of those circles, you know, and, and I think about this to people that are de-churched and unchurched. I know that not every church is as welcoming as Browncroft. I think Kim Igo does a great job. Oh, yeah. I think we have a community that's very open and welcoming and wants to get people connected. But, mm-hmm. but like, you know, if I was to move to another area um, and I want to be in Rochester a long time, and mm-hmm. even when I did move here, I don't know what I would have done without a church. You know, I think about Aaron, like your story is basically you showed up here on a Sunday and here you are. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, it was, we were welcomed here and, um, my kids wanted to come back and, and, uh, my wife and I really enjoyed. So yeah, no, and it's having a church, um, it's definitely a place where you can you can build bonds, and um, you know I praise yeah. God for that, especially because we came just before uh, March 2020, so that would wow. have been, that would have been hard. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> to not have that for so, sure, for yeah, sure. Which I think a lot of people have have had to struggle with. Yeah. So so let's um, this has been really good. This has went way too fast. So you know what that means. This is her first podcast episode. I think we're gonna have Amanda back. <laughs> I already f- wanting that. Already wanting that. In fact, yeah. I won't say I think. I know we're gonna have Amanda back. So, yes. um, <laughs> what's so unique about Christianity and friendship? Hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. Also, I'm gonna bounce back real quick and say you guys are definitely hitting on the head with like that. It's good to have friends outside of just your core, like. And you really do hit that with your church. It is not healthy to just be in your own little clique and bubble. Like there's got to be more people involved too. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, yeah, I think what's different about Christian friendships is a lack of gossip and drama. Um, it's, you know, confronting those difficult situations in love. Um, and that might be the different thing too. I. I know it could be, I mean, I think back to the conflicts I had with my sister growing up and I was not loving in the things that I would talk to her about. So um, maybe it's that and it's um, encouraging your friends and what they're doing. You know, like I think to my friends saying, you know, you should be in a Bible study with Nick here in Rochester. We really want you here with us in Buffalo for our small group, but we, you should start one in Rochester. It's like that selfless selflessness too to say, even though I want you here and I miss you tremendously, you need to go and do what you've been called to do. Um, and I think it's seeing their eternal worth and their eternal value to see the best in them and be willing to um, help and spur them on to better works than what they're doing now. I think that there's there could be just a bigger picture aspect to a friendship than in Christian um, circles. So. I'm going to go somewhere that Aaron, go for it. Aaron is definitely way more of an expert on. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Where are we, where are we going? Oh, boy. Um, but, like, I think C.S. Lewis said about friendship, mm. at the end of the day, it's someone that says, oh, you too? Like mm. us all. I, do you know where that's from? Uh, there are a couple of books that come to mind, but I'm not sure which one it was. I mean, What's, your, what's your favorite? Well, it C.S. could Lewis be or... Mary Christiani, but it could also be um, The Four Loves. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Which one was it? Something else? Oh, I don't know. That's, oh, you don't why, know. I was asking. Okay. That's why I was asking you. <laughs> well, we're just going to throw that out, <laughs> out there. And but, but, you know, some listeners should write into us and tell us what it was. Yeah, right. You, Comment get, below. Is that a thing? You'll, yeah. you'll, get a, right. you'll get a free book from one of our guests if you can put that, if you've listened and you post it on social media. So yeah. there we go. Nice. Um, you know, but at, at the end of the day, I think what you're saying is that there's, 
there's a mutual spiritual connection and oh, yeah. and i think that that's something that we're longing for and without jesus mm -hmm. um kind of at the center of that value mm -hmm. you know you're always kind of questioning and they're great friendships on the side of eternity without Jesus. So I don't oh, want to yeah. kind of say that, but mm -hmm. there, there's this whole new level when Jesus is involved. Yeah, absolutely. It's, and it's an interesting thing, like a shout out to my friend, Nicole, who's in that small group back in Buffalo. And she's only been a Christian, I think for two years. And the rest of us have been Christians for like 10 plus, but her, she is strong in the Lord. Like she is, in, she actually took over my job at the chapel. Like I was like, when they said, what do you suggest? I said, I suggest Nicole. Um, and she took over my apartment. Nick said she's taking over my life. I'm like, that's great. I'm, I'm so happy for that. My whole life in Buffalo. But, um, but yeah, there's this, even though there's, there's this mutual desire and hunger for God and what they're doing. And it's, it's just a beautiful thing when you can work together to say like, I don't want to be stuck here. I want to keep going or I want, I don't, I don't know how to work through this problem at work. I don't know what, and then someone's right there to give you that encouragement and speak truth over you. Absolutely. Well, hey, that sets us up for our last question, which is mm -hmm. what we, we always do. So what does Jesus have to say about why friendships are so challenging? So Aaron and I answer, and you get to clean up whatever mess we leave. Love it. Does that sound good? Yeah, sounds great. You're an Enneagram One. You're used to it. Oh, yeah. This is like your dream. <laughs> so Aaron, kick us off, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I uh, you know, I think, uh, man, I hit on this earlier. God created us to to need other people. Mm -hmm. um, we're, we're made to be in community. and um, But the fact is that, you know, that gets messy. Community gets messy. People mm -hmm. get messy. That's why, that's where the difficulty comes in. But it's, it's kind of one of those, I think that, you know, it's one of those things where, um, the solution is not to shut yourself off because that's not who we were made to be. Mm -hmm. We, we, we can't in a healthy way, shut ourselves off from, um, everyone else or make everything superficial. Um, and so I think, I think Jesus wants us to, to have friends and mm -hmm. to seek friends and, you know, sometimes people are in situations where they're in a new city or they're in a, um, or some people are in places where they don't speak the language and it's hard to get or whatever, you know, there's lots of boundaries that could, in that situation, I think it's good to know that Jesus wants to be our friend mm. <laughs> and, and there's, there's a power to that. And, but mm. I think he wants us to have friends too. And he'll send those, he'll send those people along. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you get to, get to be next to each other and, 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 you know, working on whatever it is together getting to know each other and building each other up. So I, I think that's important. Hmm. So, you know, I think for our listeners that might be skeptics or de-churched or unchurched of, you know, just when it comes to Jesus, um, you know, I think about the new Testament, um, from Matthew all the way to revelation, there's 53 verses in the Bible approximately that have to do with one another's. Hmm. So, you know, there's love one another, forgive one another, care for one another. Um, you can Google it, you'll find the list. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think Christianity assumes transformation in community. Hmm. And, you know, I, I think that you can even go outside the Bible and why do we care so much about mentors? Why do we care so much about friends? And, 
you know, at the end of the day, you were created for community. And if you don't have those friendships, there is going to be something missing in your life. And mm-hmm. Jesus devoted three years of his life to 12 disciples. Mm-hmm. And he's actively living out those 53 one another's. Mm-hmm. And so I think why is friendship so challenging? Well, the risk is definitely worth the reward. Absolutely. So. Totally. Um, also, I just love you guys asked this question. I feel like I listen to Annie F. Downs sometimes and her question is always like, what sounds fun to you? It's like she always ends on the same question. I love you guys do that. So kudos to you. We will take any positive feedback on air. Great. S- save the negative till off air. Okay. Five star <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, I kind of like broke it. I have, a, I think you're right. People can Google Bible verses that talk about friendship and find so many. Um, I actually found some as well, but there's a few that I always go back to and it is a wise man seeks advice. Mm. And I feel that, um, and actually I just heard from someone about an hour ago that says, you're not going to be, I don't know how he said it, but he's, you're going to hear feedback from someone when you're known by someone well, like it's going to, it's going to fall better on your ears. So if you are with a close friend who you know is for you and they give you some feedback and advice, you're going to take it way better than you would from someone else. Um, and I think that I love that you said that Jesus is our friend. I think that is so true. Um, in my loneliest times when I didn't have friends, God was my friend. And I felt like, um, in the moment when I, in that t- season of my life, I hated that I didn't have friends, but I built this beautiful foundation with God. And I just encourage anyone that feels like they don't ha- have any close friends or friends at all, make God your best friend, which may sound like the like most cliche thing in the Christian faith. But I'm telling you, if you are devoted to the Lord and just spend continuous time with him and get involved in your church, you're going to look back and say, that built a solid foundation mm-hmm. for me that and built up me in mature faith. Um, and again, that verse I said earlier with the wounds of a friend are faithful. Like I trust the difficult things my friends say to me because I know that they love me. Mm. Where can people find you if they want to follow you? Oh, um, <laughs> this is great. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so my really like my guys, I'm not like a professional with anything. So yeah, it's Amanda underscore Bundy at on Instagram. My email for Browncroft is abundy at Browncroft org um which will hopefully be changed soon when i get married so there will be <laughs> a d'angelo soon so let me tell you why you want to follow amanda on instagram <laughs> her and nick kind of bring their conflict in stories mm. so um oh yeah we do you know so um i will never forget the uh, pizza uh, <laughs> pizza box i'll let her post about that later you can ask That's her so, so great if you want to catch up and find out more about the why god why podcast and subscribe to our email which is the best way to get a hold of us Go to whygodwhypodcast.com. Amanda, thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. This so, is, so thankful great. for Nathan and Aaron. Mm-hmm. We hope you all have a great day.